Well, who's ready for the word of God? I am ready. You know, there's a beautiful song that one day I'm looking forward to learning it. But right now, I only know the lyrics, okay? This song, I cannot Google it, look for it on iTunes or Spotify because it's a heaven exclusive. It has not been yet released on earth. That's exciting. All right, and where can we find the lyrics for this amazing song? We find it in Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, that's Jesus, and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Today, I would like to talk to you about spiritual captivity and the price of freedom. Hallelujah. Look at the last section of the verse. It says, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. You see, for most of us who have been in uh, Christian circles and we've been to church, you know, through the years, we've heard so many sermons. You know, for us, it's quite easy to understand what this sentence means. Or at least we have an idea of the context in which the word redemption is being used. So when we read passages like Psalm 111, verse 9, he has sent redemption to his people. Or 1 Corinthians 1.30, but of him you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Unless we understand what the word redemption means, we may not fully grasp the meaning of these passages. You see, in, in Bible times, this word redemption was used, mainly used in reference to the purchase of a slave's freedom. So the word redemption means to buy out or to buy back. People back then would, be, would have immediately understood the meaning of this word. But for us, it's a little bit more difficult, you see, because, well, to be, you know, to be fair, we don't use the word redemption usually in our vocabulary. And so nowadays, especially in the Western world that we live in, the concept of slavery is distant. So the idea of someone being bought out it's quite strange to us. It's very foreign. So a slave is someone who is under the control of a master. You see, when Jesus quoted Isaiah 61 verse 1, and he was speaking about himself, he said one of the reasons why he came was to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Jesus also said in Matthew 20, verse 28, he said, Just as the son, the son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Again, think about it, ransom. A sum of money demanded to, uh, or paid for the release of a captive. You see, the Bible tells us that once we were slaves. Romans 6.20, for when you were slaves of sin, 
Look at Colossians 1.14. We read, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So if we were redeemed or bought out, that means that our previous condition was one of slave. So Jesus died on the cross to buy us back from spiritual captivity. So if we keep this in mind, every time we come across the word redemption, we, we, in fact, we will fully or have a better understanding of what Jesus came to do and what he did for us when he died on the cross. So, and you know what? We were not only slaves to sin. We were also under the spiritual captivity of Satan. That's what the Bible tells us. Look at 2 Corinthians 4.4. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. Have a look at Hebrews 2. 14 and 15, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. And one of my favorite scriptures to go to to understand sometimes what's going on in this world, 1 John 5:19, we know that we are of God. And the whole world lies under the sway, the control of the wicked one. So in this context and in a spiritual sense, we can say that there are millions of people who unknowingly are under the influence and the control of an unseen master, either sin or the devil or both. Jesus is the only one who can set captives free because he is the redeemer, the one who can buy us back from slavery. Yeah. Hallelujah. I love that. You see, back in those days, people who bought slaves, sometimes they would take them back to the slave market when they no longer needed them. That's a terrible thing just to think about it. But when Jesus set someone free, my friend, I can assure you, he will not let go of you. And he will not take you back to the slave market. You are safe in Jesus' hands. And you know what? There are huge benefits in our redemption. It's an excellent package, I could say. An excellent deal. We have... In our redemption, forgiveness of sins, reconciliation with God, healing, deliverance. Uh, we become children of God. We have peace with God and so many other benefits. I wish more people knew about this. It's a wonderful thing that Jesus has done for us. An excellent deal, I would say. Now, having this in mind, I would like to ask you a very important question just for you to think about. If I am no longer a slave, and if I have been permanently set free, delivered from spiritual captivity, why would I even consider for a moment putting myself under any kind of bondage? Unless you want to go back to the slave market, not me, that's for sure. 
Let me explain what I mean. The Word of God tells us that there are activities, practices, and even cultural traditions that we are not to get involved with, especially those that include supernatural or spiritual elements. We should not participate in those. In Ephesians 5.11 we read, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. You know, I feel that as a believer and also as a minister of the gospel, I need to bring awareness about these matters and to expose the works of darkness that the Bible talks about. And the reason why God forbids these practices, it's because they're dangerous and very, very deceptive. They may look very appealing, but they belong to the realm of darkness. There are so many people in this world who genuinely do not know anything about what I'm going to share next. So you know what? Why don't you send the link of this service to everyone that you can think of? Because, you know, Christians and non-Christians, it will benefit them. You will see. I'll give you an example. Next Sunday, the 31st of October, people all over the world, especially in the, in the Western world that we live in, will be celebrating Halloween. And Halloween is becoming a growing trend in Australia. I was checking, you know, the Public Holidays Australia webpage this year, and there's, a lot of, there's quite a lot of information about how to celebrate Halloween in lockdown. Because there are some restrictions in place, their advice is, let me read it to you. If you are limited because of restrictions where you live, you can still have fun by decorating your house, watch spooky movies, and get the kids to dress up like a witch, a ghost, vampire, skeleton, devil, or a zombie. Hey, I'm not making this up, okay? You can check it out. This sounds such you know, innocent and fun activity. Unfortunately, people have no idea what they are dealing with and they think this is harmless, but it is not harmless. These are spiritual celebrations deeply rooted in the occult and it, we should not get involved in it or encourage our children to celebrate it in any way. It is a sinister celebration and it's not funny at all. Is there anything funny about the devil or anything related to the devil? Jesus described the devil as a murderer and as a thief whose only intentions is to kill, steal and destroy. There's nothing funny about the devil. And even when people do not believe that these celebrations are inspired by a dark realm, we still need to bring awareness to them. It is our responsibility. Did you know that the churches in, in, you know, in the first century, they had to deal with these issues on a regular basis? Because people were converting to Jesus, but they were still flirting with pagan celebrations. So when Jesus spoke to the churches in Revelation, he expressed great concern and displeasure to some because believers were flirting with the world and they were making compromises with idolatry and pagan celebrations. For example, 
When Jesus spoke to the church in Ephesus, in fact, he complimented them for not compromising their faith. Look at Revelations 2.6. We read, but this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Strong words from Jesus himself. But who were the Nicolaitans? Anyone? Any, who, who knows who they were? Do you know who they were? You see, if we don't study the word of God, we don't even know what Jesus is talking about. Who were the Nicolaitans? Well, in Ephesus, there was a group of people who were going around telling believers that we do not need to be so strict. What's the harm if we also participate in a few pagan celebrations with our community? Now you understand what Jesus is saying. Believers were mingling with paganism and Jesus was calling them to separate themselves from those activities. So is Halloween a celebration for you and your family, your children and your grandchildren? If we participate in this type of events and we dress our kids as ghosts and witches, what kind of example are we giving them? Okay, kids, we are believers, okay? We follow Jesus all the days of our lives. But on the 31st of October, every year, you can celebrate darkness and the devil. It's okay. I'll dress you up as a ghost. Awkward silence now. <laughs> Is there an awkward silence in your home? Mm. Okay. Many people, and Christians included, do not understand how the spiritual world works. And, you know, the words of Hosea 4, 6. Oh, there's so much wisdom in this. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We should not, we should not expose ourselves to any, any environment where darkness is being celebrated. Come on, we can't do that. Occultic activities are door openers to the spirit realm and they are not funny, they are dangerous. You see, Halloween is not a new festival. It actually dates thousands of years back to a specific pagan celebration. In that day, on that day, pagans believed that the veil between the, the world of the living and the world of the dead was very, very thin. It was so thin that, you know, dead people and spirits could come through the veil into the world of the living. And then they could walk around during that day in the places where they once walked. In fact, Halloween is a celebration of necromancy. And you ask me, what's necromancy? Necromancy is having fellowship with the dead or entertaining the dead. In fact, according to the Bible, your Bible, when people engage in that, they are dealing with familiar spirits. Listen, the dead cannot come into the world of the living. Full stop. So when people engage in these activities and they open their doors, they are engaging with evil spirits. This is the truth, but people don't know. 
And so this is how Halloween began. You know, early Christian leaders described these celebrations as being dark, evil, and sinister. How do I know? We have access to their writings to the pastors of the time, the leaders of the time. We can read their sermons. And they had to deal with this. They described this day as being dark and sinister. It was a terrible night where people had to disguise themselves so the dead or evil spirits would not torment them. That's where the use of masks and costumes come from. Now think about it. And eventually, this celebration was carried all around the world. But people, listen to me. Modern pagans and witches and Satanists still celebrate October 31st as a high holy day for paganism and witchcraft. And they still celebrate it as close as possible to its origins. So this entire event is designed as an open door to a dark spiritual realm, and there is nothing funny or innocent about it. Halloween, from its very inception, was evil, and it's still evil. And it doesn't matter if you dress your kid as Superman, and, okay, it's not a ghost, listen. It's inspired by evil, and it, it's evil from the beginning. You cannot change that. Well, if this is the case, I should not expose myself to this stuff, and I will not go down any path or open any door that could lead me back to the slave market or give an opportunity to the enemy to attack me. You know, I give this same advice to Christians and non-Christians because people are unaware, sincerely unaware of these things and nothing good ever comes from the realm of darkness. You know what? I always cringe when I watch documentaries of tourists going into temples, you know, bowing down to idols and going through rituals to get inside. Oh, I always cringe. They are submitting to the evil spirits who rule those places. Those are places of worship, but the worship of demons and the devil. You know what? But Pastor Alexander, what if someone invites me to a special celebration? And what am I going to do? Doesn't God protect me? Doesn't the greater one live inside of me? Yes, that's all true. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. The greater one is inside of you. But that doesn't give you permission to go into these places voluntarily. I am not going to bow down to any idol, to any demon spirit. No way, Jose. <laughs> I, we have to laugh about these things. Come on. Can't be too serious. But this is serious. So. Say with me, I am no longer a slave. My husband is laughing. <laughs> That's okay, we can laugh, we can laugh. Say with me, I am no longer a slave. Thank you, Jesus. Flee from idolatry. Now, since we are talking about these matters, I would like to briefly mention other spiritual practices that are, that are equally dangerous and we need to be aware of. All occultic activities are designed to give you information that 
you should receive from God or from the word of God. But for those who do not want to find out the information about their lives or whatever they need to know from God or from the Bible, or they don't know any better, they go to other places to seek information. For instance, people want to know about their finances, about their love life, about their future, about the, what they should do you know, for uh, next year or whatever, or they want to communicate with their dead loved ones. And so look at what they do. They find or they try to find answers in other ways. So the occult comes in many different forms. I'll give you just a few. I'll just men mention a few. Idolatry, astrology, new age channeling, healing by angels, mediums, yoga, reading palms, tarot cards, looking into crystals, uh, crystals, fortune telling, superstitions, horoscopes, oh my goodness, so many ways, so many ways to deceive people. You know, I remember when one young lady that came to me, she was not a Christian, but the mother was, and she said, my life is in a mess, and I'm sick, and my mind is not right, and, and uh, <clears throat> my mom, who is a Christian, insisted that I go to a place where a woman is healing people with lights and energy. And I asked her, so how is that working for you? And she said, well, I'm, I'm even worse than I was before. And I told her, you know what, my friend, I only know one light that heals people, and his name is Jesus Christ. He is the light, the light that can heal you. Hallelujah. And so people believe that these are legit ways, you know, legit ways of seeking for answers. But there's only deception and bondage. You know, I always talk about my grandma, and my grandma was involved in all this stuff. But you know what? When she got saved, she never mentioned the occult again. And you know, when I was a kid, and uh, I would spend the summer holidays at her place, I was not a believer, so it amazed me how she could sing about Jesus in heaven the whole day. She would make up her own songs about Jesus, I didn't get it. What's wrong with this woman? Now I understand. She was a captive. She was a spiritual slave, and now she was free, so she could only sing about Jesus and heaven. Hallelujah. She was set free. And so these spiritual practices are forbidden in the Bible. Isaiah 8, 19, and when they say to you, seek those who are mediums and wizards who whisper and mutter, should not a people seek their God? Should they seek the dead on behalf of the living? Leviticus 19.31, do not turn to mediums or seek spiritists, for you will be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. There are so many passages, really. You, you, you don't have to look, you know, uh, too deep you'll find so many passages about this stuff. Light and darkness don't mix. So when the light shines, darkness has to go, has to go. You know that I, I love to pray for people. I love to talk about these subjects because I see a lot of people in bondage. You know, I remember going to the house of um, uh, a lady, a young lady, and. She invited me to her home because she was struggling, she was sick, she was depressed. 
something was not right in her life, and she had bought a house together with her sister. And so the house belonged to both of them. And she said, you know, my sister is involved in the new age stuff, and she's climbing on, you know, the rankings. She's always making fun of me and teasing me about my faith. And now she's putting these crystals everywhere. The house is also mine. But, you know, I feel such oppression. And she was not walking, you know, with the Lord as she should, this young lady. But, okay, if you invite me, I'm coming to your place. And so I went to her place, and wow, the place was, how can I describe it? Uh, crystallized. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Crystals everywhere. And there was a place where we couldn't cross over. She said, Pastor Alexander, you cannot cross over to that side because that's a barrier. I said, come on, don't tell me that. No way. You are inviting me into your home. If you are inviting me, I'm going to go everywhere. I'm going to cross that barrier of crystals. What is this? That's rubbish. And so we prayed together. We casted those things out. And, and she repented and she started walking with the Lord, you know. She now understood who she was in Jesus. And you know what? Amazing. The next week, the sister came to her and said, you know what? I think we should sell the house, you know, and we'll go our separate ways. And you have your house. I have my house. Yeah, we can't mix darkness and light, that's for sure. Oh, my goodness, you're, you're thinking, well, Pastor Alexander, after this message, I'll need a cup of tea, I'll need to lie down on my couch and relax because this is way too intense, my goodness. But wait, there is more, my friend, there is much more. <laughs> Oh, no, now that I was feeling at peace and feeling so happy because, first of all, I was not going to celebrate Halloween. Secondly, because I'm not involved in any of that stuff that you are mentioning. So I was actually feeling good about myself. And now you're saying to me, there is more. Yes, there is more. At a time where people are so concerned with so many things divided about so many things that have not really that great importance, they should realize that there is another area where the realm of darkness is really working hard and very stealthily to get to the hearts and minds of people. And that affects all of us, including myself, and that's entertainment. Have you noticed the increase of shows, video games, and movies depicting the supernatural? With supernatural themes, extreme violence, horror, and the macabre, as people watch these shows, that not only depict, but they also teach evil practices. They are exposing themselves to the dangers of the occult. Yeah, I know it's only a show, but the inspiration behind it, it's not. Our minds are very, very impressionable. You know, when I was a kid, I watched some horror movies, because that's what my parents were watching at the time. I tell you what, that messed up with my mind for many years. Our minds are very, very impressionable. But you know what? Pastor A, we all need to unwind. Sometimes I'm so tired. I come back from work. I had a long day at work, okay? And I need to unwind. You know, time is short, and, and I, I just need to relax a little bit. So what better thing for me to do today than to, you know, just binge watch the whole 
Squid Game Season on Netflix. Hey, what a great show to watch because that will really help me, encourage me to move on with my life, to keep my mind sound. Yes, I, I mean, wow, you don't know because after watching that one more time, one more time, all the blood, all the gore, all the violence, all the horror, all the evil acts, it will be so refreshing. Oh, I'll sleep even better at night. Who's laughing? No one is laughing. There's an awkward silence again. Oh my goodness. You know that I'm your friend, right? I am your friend. And I am, I'm really concerned. And I'm of your friend. I want the best for you. Now, if you still love me this morning, put some smiley faces on the comment section. Come on, you can get over it. You will recover, come on. Some are still in shock, but okay. If you still love me, come on, just put some emojis there and say yes, or half a smile. I don't know if there's an emoji with just half a smile. It's okay, I'll be fine. Don't worry. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit because he's ministering to you. He's ministering to people, hallelujah. You know, during lockdown last year, and I'm going to conclude with this testimony. Do you want to hear one more story? During lockdown, I had a couple coming to me and the lady, the young lady was in, in very bad shape. She couldn't sleep, she was very fearful. She was having panic attacks, you know, and something was wrong with her life and she said, well, I, I need Jesus, I need, but in fact, I don't feel like coming to church anymore. I, I, I don't feel like reading my Bible. I, I don't know what's wrong with me. Can you play the, pray for me that these nightmares will disappear? I said, sure, okay. But before I prayed, I asked her, okay, just tell me, tell me, what do you do for relaxation? What do you watch on your laptop when you just wanna relax? And, and, and the husband was like, mm -mm, tell her the truth, tell her the truth. <laughs> And she, said, and she said to me, well, to be honest, I absolutely love, and I think I am addicted to it, but I love vampire shows. I just love it. I just love it. I, I can't wait to watch the next episode. And I said, okay. Well, how about we start there? There's a connection there. For sure there's a connection. You see, our minds should not be the rubbish bin of the devil. Say with me, my mind is not the rubbish bin of the devil. No way, say it. And can I give you a little tip on how to discern if something is good or not for you? It's when you watch or participate in some activity and you don't feel anything about it. You don't feel any repulsion you don't feel any reservations about watching it whatsoever. You don't just feel anything. And that means that your mind has been desensitized. You no longer feel, or you no longer see the red light flashing. The red light actually is a little bit orangey right now. Or maybe it's just green all the way. That's one of the ways. The other way of knowing that something is not right is that the love for the things of God start diminishing. You should take that as a sign. I'm your friend. I told you I'm your friend. 
1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, the last verse for today. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and, are you, and you are not your own? For you were bought, remember, you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We have been bought out of spiritual slavery with a very high price. Jesus' own blood. Say with me, I have been set free by the blood of Jesus Christ, my Lord. Hallelujah. No longer a slave, people. We are not slaves anymore. Hallelujah. We are not captives. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, be exalted. You are the king. Oh, I love my Jesus. Oh, I love my Jesus. And friend, if you're watching, or brother or sister, if you're watching, and if there's some chain around you, some shackle, some heavy stuff that is wrapped around you, keeping you captive, you know what? Believe in Jesus right now that he will set you free. Maybe you need to repent. Maybe you need to renounce a few things. Maybe you need to put some things away. So just do it. Do it right now. Speak to God. God, I pray that you touch these people right now where they are. Oh, Father, deliver them. Deliver them by your power, the power of the Holy Spirit right now invading your room and touching you. Hallelujah. Setting you free. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the presence of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And my dear friend, if you're watching this for the first time, I want you to know something. God designed you originally to be free, not a slave. So if you give your life to Jesus, if you give your life to the Son of God, you will be free indeed. So just make a simple prayer and say, Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my life. Change my heart. Hallelujah. And if you've done that, let us know in the comment section and just click on the link. And uh, thank you for letting us know if you've prayed that prayer. And wow, I had such great fun with you, church, today. Church, have a wonderful Sunday. And remember, keep singing the song of the redeemed. God bless you.